This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Ran Law, author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. And starting off, we begin with a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. One has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Well, today is Valentine's Day and it is also Black History Month. So I will try to incorporate a few items of each into this into this podcast. And Martin Luther King Jr., probably the most famous name in black history in modern time. Both he and Valentine's Day have a lot in common. For example, the man who Valentine's Day was named for was also a Christian martyr, like Martin Luther King Jr., although now I believe they prefer to call it an assassination. Most everyone in the United States has heard about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., but the martyrdom of Valentine is somewhat fuzzy. Now, as a child, we were told that Valentine was a priest and a physician, but there is also legend that has Valentine was a bishop in Ireland, and they might have been one of the same, but it seems no one knows for sure. All I can say about this, it was a feast day for the Christian martyr named Valentine, and depending on which legend you adhere to, that is a background. Both supposedly were beheaded, which makes me think it might have been, you know, one man that had been given two different titles. In the 1700s, um, it became a custom to send Valentine's homemade ones to loved ones. And this practice went into full swing in the United States during the 1840s because that's when it became commercialized. This, of course, helped candy makers, chocolatiers, uh, bakers, and greeting card companies, as well as nurseries, very happy, as it gave their business a shot in the arm as well. I don't know if that's where the little Cupid's arrow came into effect or not, but we will have more of things that happened in Black History and on Valentine's Day later on in this episode during our Did You Know segment. It's now time for Mind and Body. And today we're going to talk about three concepts used in Tokushi Kenpo. And these concepts involve methods of striking, utilizing terms from blacksmithing. All of these things factor in to being foundational uh, movement that is later expressed as returning fist techniques. Starting off with the hammer and anvil. I know that in some other uh, American Kempo systems, they utilize a term called sandwiching, which I have used on occasion after meeting J.T. Will. I really enjoyed having classes with him and seeing his Tracy and Parker combination Kempo, and I was thrilled with his endorsement of my Kempo 
which I can't really claim as mine because it is a compilation of teachings from my first teacher, James Mercer, and the Tokushi system taught to me by Tom Manson, Sensei. And since my Kempo didn't come through the uh, Parker or the Matosi lineage, it was something that very refreshing for JT Will to see, and he thought I should be on the national circuit. But these hammer and anvil or sandwiching type of techniques have been around in every system of Kempo that I've come across in my 50 plus years of martial art practice. Second on the list is a technique that we refer to as shearing. And this is just basically striking two different levels with opposing directions. And the hammer and anvil or sandwiching is striking the attacker so that they are hit between a rock and a hard place, which you might also regard as striking from two different directions on the same plane. The third method of application we refer to as piercing, as when you're taking a punch and hammering through metal. This is nothing more than most people think of as basic karate technique. Straightforward, direct line, striking. Tokushi Kempo is often considered to be very flowing and keeping in balance with the yin and yang, the in and yo, as they say in Japanese, requires both hard and soft. And our piercing techniques are what help us maintain balance between these two elements. Together, these three methods of applying our techniques, especially our striking techniques, bring together the foundation of what we refer to as the returning fist. And now it's our art chat time. And today we're going to discuss briefly the horrible loss of the Bengals to the LA Rams. It was a close game and a well-played game by both teams. There, of course, was a disappointment for the Bengals fans, but I'm sure the Rams fans are overjoyed. It had been 33 years since the Bengals had made it to the Super Bowl, and hopefully it won't be another 33. Of course, most people watch the Super Bowl just to find what commercials are going to be really funny, and nothing really stood out to me. I don't know. It might have just been the way the game was or the halftime show. I did like seeing Eminem and Snoop Dogg in particular, but I felt the commercials and the halftime show was a bigger letdown than the loss of the Bengals. I look at sport as entertainment, and it can also be athleticism if you're actually involved in it. But let's be honest, nobody's going to run out and join the football team, at least not if you're out of the school age. So it is entertainment much like the bread and circus of Rome. But it is art nonetheless. And now it's time for our haiku. Tiger by the tail. Year of the tiger is gone. Rams win the Super Bowl. And as you may have guessed, the title of this haiku was 
the Bengals. Now it's time to move on to our segment entitled, Did You Know? In 1349, 2,000 Jews were burned at the stake in Strasbourg, Germany. It seems history does repeat itself. Then on Valentine's Day in the year 1400, deposed King Richard II is murdered in Yorkshire. Then jumping ahead a few years, in 1760, Richard Allen is a man who is best known for being the first black ordained minister of the Methodist Episcopal Church. In 1870, Frederick Douglass, a name that most of us are familiar with, he was born a slave, and he later on became an activist and author. As a child, I had always been impressed with photos I had seen, or a photo that I had seen of him, but I had seen it often, with his hair bushy and somewhat Albert Einstein, you know, displayed uh, wildly, and the white intermingled with his beard and his hair just was very distinguished looking, and that was something that wasn't often displayed in our history books as, well, at least when I was a kid. In 1894, Jack Benny, a comedian, was born. He went on to become a radio and TV host. And what does this have to do with Valentine's Day or Black History Month? Well, I can tell you, for me, it was because of Rochester, who played Jack Benny's butler. I always enjoyed seeing him on the show, and he uh, made it a little more tolerable to listen to Jack Benny's purposely bad violin playing. But having Rochester on the show was a large step forward in black history, as the man had dignity and poise. In 1894, there was another event that would leave a mark in Black History Month, and that was the birth of a young child, a child that would later become the founder of the National Negro Opera Company, Mary Lucinda Cadwell Dawson. She went on to later become appointed to John Fitzgerald Kennedy's National Committee on Music. Now to wrap things up, in the year 1929, we had a little event that stood out for its connection with Valentine's Day. Al Capone and his old pal George Bugs Moran. Not really that they were close friends, they were rival gangs. And Al Capone decided to wipe out some of his competition on this day, and it became known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago, Illinois. Back then, having gangs trying to wipe each other out in Chicago made national headlines. A lot has changed since then. Sure, they're still trying to wipe each other out, but now it's not making the national headlines. But all the criminals still have guns, and now the law-abiding citizens do not. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by 
joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash randlaw with no space between the rand and the law. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi Kimpo. You have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Law reminding you to follow your dreams.